Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. The text for our meditation this Good Friday. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. So far our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the word of the cross, the preaching of the cross, preaching Christ crucified. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we gather and faithful Christians throughout the world gather on this Friday that we call good. But for many people, perhaps the majority of people in our world, in our country, in our community, preaching Christ crucified is foolish and offensive. Now, there are many people who simply don't care. They're completely apathetic. We know that for many in our world today, the symbol of the cross is meaningless or a token or cheap jewelry. Many simply don't care. But there are many throughout the world who are greatly offended by the mention, the sign, the symbol, and especially by the preaching of the cross. Many of us had our eyes opened during the first Gulf War. Military chaplains said that they were not able to display a simple cross for their worship services. Why? 
because it would offend the sensibilities of their Muslim hosts. Muslims, Jews, pagans, they're offended by the cross. They all know Jesus. Muslims, pagans, and Jews all have different ideas about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. But they agree on one thing. Muslims and Jews and pagans all agree that Jesus is not the Son of God. They agree that what Jesus did on Calvary's cross was a nothing and did not pay for the sins of the world, offer satisfaction once and for all to a thrice holy God. This they agree on. And whenever the message of the cross is displayed, is preached, or heaven forbid, emphasized, they are offended and are not shy about their offense. We need to be honest here tonight. The message of the cross, the proclamation of the cross, the preaching of Christ crucified is offensive also to people who oftentimes call themselves Christians, to people who oftentimes call themselves religious or spiritual. The message of the cross is often offensive to them as well. Why? Well, the sheer injustice of it all. Jesus was a good man. Jesus was a righteous man. Jesus might have even been a holy man, they would proclaim. For a holy man, for a righteous man, to suffer so, well, it's just such, such an injustice. It's embarrassing. Why do we have to be reminded of it? If it was only the injustice of Jesus' suffering, those who claim to be spiritual or religious claim to be Christians might be okay with it. We might have a moral example out of it. You know, when bad things happen to good people, we just need to, to suck it up. And Jesus is a great example of that. They might, they might tolerate that. But Christians, Bible-believing Christians are not content to let the preaching of the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus, be some side teaching or some secondary doctrine. The preaching of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins and the life of the world is the central message of the church. 
From it flow everything that we say and do and teach and live. For those, for those who claim to be Christians and are offended by the cross of Jesus Christ, to have Jesus front and center and foremost in the proclamation of the church is just too much. It's gone too far. We can't have that. It's a scandal. It's offensive. My friends, have you ever wondered why there are so many Christian churches that don't have a cross? Have you ever wondered why there are so many Christian churches that never or rarely talk about Jesus other than good teacher and moral example? And they shy away from the proclamation of a dead Jesus hanging on an old rugged cross. Have you ever wondered why? The truth may be easier to understand than we might first think. For many, the proclamation of the cross, Jesus Christ crucified for the sin of the world, reminds them that God punished Jesus for our sins. God's word is clear. We've heard it several times throughout our Lenten journey. We heard it earlier in our Old Testament reading from the prophet Isaiah. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the guilt the shame, the punishment, the iniquity of us all. Why is that so offensive? Well, my sins aren't that bad. Isn't that a trap many of us fall into? Well, of course I'm not perfect, but I try real hard. Of course, I can't live up to God's high and holy standards, but I'm really pretty good. I'm better than him. I'm better than her. We come up with all kinds of reasons to avoid the preaching of the cross. Pastors 
avoid the preaching of the cross because they don't want to get canceled. We don't want to step on too many toes. You know, especially the toes with the big billfolds. We're offended by the proclamation of Jesus Christ because it reminds us of our sin and how great our sin is. So great that the Son of God would hang naked, suspended between heaven and earth, bleeding and dying the death we deserve. That's the truth. That's the power and wisdom of God. And yet for many, and sometimes for us, it's offensive because it hits just a little too close to home. Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 1 talk not only about the scandal or the offense of preaching Christ crucified, he also talks about the foolishness of the cross. How many times don't people look at us or maybe we look at ourselves and we think, what a foolish waste of time. Think of all the time spent in church that could be put to productive use. Think of all the money that is spent to keep these churches going. And they're all off the tax rolls too. Think how much better our world would be if this foolish nonsense of church in general and preaching Christ crucified would just go away. There are many philosophers and would-be philosophers in our world. Philosophers love wisdom. They like to have everything fit together perfectly and make sense. Philosophers like ethical systems where we can climb an ever higher ladder. Not so much of success, but self-esteem and self-fulfillment. We add our words of reason and strength and wisdom to the Word of God. And our philosophy, our wisdom, is an attempt to make God's Word better, more palatable, because it's foolish on its own. My friends, the world does it, and we do it too. When we come across a part of God's Word that we don't like, how often don't we just explain it away? When we come across a part of God's Word that hits a little too close to home, well, we justify our actions, our thoughts, our words, our deeds. 
We add our words, which of course are far superior to the word of God. And in our own wisdom, we feel pretty good about ourselves. But there's a problem with our wisdom, our philosophy, our mental attempts to reconcile ourselves with God. Human wisdom and reason is real, but it only goes so far. Eventually, that wisdom and that reason hits a ceiling. And it can't go any higher. And it can't make any sense out of the real questions of life. Why? Because the ceiling is our sin. Wisdom and philosophy will not talk about sin. And if it does, will not take sin seriously. My friends, God is good and pure and holy. And we are evil and corrupt and sinful. That's why all of our reason and wisdom and philosophical attempts to right ourselves with God will fail. My friends, it's like we're trapped. We're trapped on the inside. We're in a spiritual prison. And no matter how hard we try, we can't break out. When we come to that realization, the Muslim, the Jew, the pagan, the Christian in name only is either offended or finds the whole business foolish. So what are we to do? What are we to do in light of the offensiveness and the foolishness of the preaching of the cross? My friends, that which is offensive and that which is foolish is our deliverance. God's Word says the world will mock it. The world has no use for it. But it is the power of God. It is the wisdom of God. It is the love of God that is displayed in the offering of God's one and only Son for the life of the world. For your life. For your forgiveness. For your salvation. My friends, this is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent His Son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. Jesus, freely, willingly, offering Himself as the sacrifice for our sins. Of course, there is no justice in that. 
That's the mystery of the gospel. That's the great exchange. God lays the punishment, the guilt, and the shame for our sins on Jesus, the sinless one. My friends, look to the cross, the old rugged cross. Jesus, God in the flesh for us, bleeding and dying our death on the cross. It's God's power. It's God's wisdom. It's God's love for you. I know. Sometimes, sometimes we want, we want more. Sometimes we long for maybe a sign. A sign that it's all true. A sign that God loves me. A sign that God has not abandoned me or forsaken me. You know the kind of sign I'm talking about. Like, like maybe the, the winning lottery ticket. Or a cure for cancer for our loved one. Or maybe just help me get out of this mess that I've made out of my life. We want a sign. We want something to confirm what we've heard. My friends, I've got something better than a sign. I've got something better than a winning lottery ticket. Or even a cure from a dreaded disease. God's message for you tonight is His love bleeding and dying on Calvary's cross. The proclamation of Christ crucified is God's gift for you that will never wear out, that will never let you down, that will last for all eternity. My friends, look to the cross. See how love conquers hate. See how life conquers death. See how God triumphs over evil now and forever. He loves you. He forgives you. He forgives you all your sins, past, present, and future. What can you do to forgive your sins? Nothing. But Christ can. And Christ does. The proclamation of the cross is a call for all of us daily to repent. On Wednesday night, we heard our junior confirmats boldly confess that repentance has two parts. To confess our sin 
and to believe the gospel, to be sorry and to have faith. That is God's call for you tonight, to be sorry for your sins, for the idleness of self, for the self-justifying thoughts, words, and deeds, for, for thinking that God's word all or parts of it are folly and foolishness for placing your own wisdom over the wisdom and power and love of God for being offended at certain parts of the word of God for all these sins and more God calls us to repent and to believe the good news of Jesus Christ the preaching of Christ crucified is the power for everything that we do. It is the power that causes simple water to be a washing of regeneration and renewal. It is the power that takes the words of a sinful pastor and makes them a life-giving word of absolution. It is the power of the cross that takes bread and wine and delivers the body and blood of Jesus, forgiveness, life, and salvation to you. My friends, on this Good Friday, Jesus on a cross, bleeding and dying, foolish and offensive, no. The power of God, the wisdom of God, the love of God for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.